I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. This is Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. It is great to be with you as always, and uh, very thrilled to uh, have our one of our regular guests, one of our favorites, uh, Jenny Howe, is joining us today. And uh, as we were texting this morning, it was one of those, you know, you get up after a holiday weekend and you have a little bit of that Monday blah going on. And I thought, okay, we, we got to figure something out. Cause I think the whole country is sort of having a Monday blah day today. And uh, Kelly and my producer, we were trying to brainstorm how are we going to jolt everyone out. And I said, I think everyone needs a little dose of Jenny. Jenny, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a there's a lot of things going on, and so we're going to cover a lot of ground here. Uh, but I always appreciate your perspective when it comes to mental health and wellness and what we need to be doing for ourselves and for our young people in our lives. Uh, and I want to start with this area of expectations. It's, it's one that uh, I think got talked a lot about early on uh, during the pandemic. Uh, but there's a lot of people and a lot of young people who are kind of dealing with this expectations challenge. So many things they were expecting, whether it was a vacation yeah. or a graduation. How do we deal with the unmet expectation game? Yeah, you know, I think unmet expectations are kind of the root of all unhappiness, just in general, right? Because mm. when we base our moods and our emotions on outcomes of any sort externally, we're bound to be disappointed. And so um, right now, during this whole pandemic, the fact that it's extending longer and, and things are shifting in the fall and there's so many unmet expectations, I think we're all kind of... Um, taking a seat to the fact that, hey, you know what, I, I have to be able to do what's best for me today and not really base my happiness on this external event or thing that's in the future. Um, and we learn to kind of live with our emotional states, I think, when we do that. Mm. But yeah, I think it's recognizing that there are expectations, but not allowing those to dictate how we feel. Uh, I think that's so, so important. And and I think let's let's take that one step further, because when you say that, start thinking, mm -hmm. Okay, this is not just a pandemic problem. This is a life no. problem. <laughs> this is a life problem. Isn't totally. It? <laughs> yep. Absolutely. In fact, I think, Boyd, in my entire career of mental health and all the different fields that I've done for 20 years, this is probably the most common topic that I've addressed with people and myself <laughs> personally <laughs> is how do I learn to kind of live within my emotional state today because we can't control our emotions. They're just there. We, we would like to think we can, but we, we have moods and shifting emotions all day long, every day. And how can we accept them for what they are rather than base them on some future proposition of, of them improving or getting better? Um, and once we kind of learn to accept the negative, the positive, the good, the bad, all throughout our day, every day, we learn that those expectations that we hold for future events are a lot less important. Mm. 
Yeah. And what's important is kind of what's sitting right in front of us. Yeah, oh, it's so true. You know, we, we talked early on during the, uh, the as the pandemic kind of rolled out, and we were kind of stay safe, stay home. We were kind of going through all of this and yeah. uh, and, and trying to get past this idea. I, I, I really struggle with the, the new normal concept uh, because I think mm-hmm. in order to address it, you really do have to live in that new now. And we all get a constant stream, as you said, of new nows all day, yeah. every day. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. In fact, something that I've been telling myself and as I talk to people who are struggling, um, you know, albeit, you know, appropriately struggling during this time, but struggling is this is this is no different than the world we were living in in February or January. The uncertainty about the future, the fact that we can't predict what tomorrow holds, the fact that we don't really know what six months later holds, those were all variables that were true. A year ago, nothing has changed. What we actually know now is that we can count on ourselves to to be more present, and that's what's going to allow us to enjoy our time at home or enjoy the fact that we get to work from home and, and have this flexibility or, you know, it allows us the opportunity to be more with ourselves. Um, but nothing, absolutely nothing has changed in terms of the uncertainty. That's always existed. Oh, that is a great piece of learning that uh, n- really nothing has changed as it relates to mm-hmm. that. I love that. Uh, so we, we've been having a little bit of fun today uh, poking at some of the different elements of uh, Hamilton because I think uh, <laughs> 110% of the country watched it, except for, I guess, Lee Lonsberry <laughs> was unable to log in, so he missed out. Uh, we'll we'll get a report from him later. Uh, but one of the things that stood out for me was uh, in looking at the character Hamilton, and, and obviously there's some historic jumps and leaps there, but it's Broadway, sure. not, a, not a documentary, so it's all good. I'd watch it again in a minute. Uh, but one yeah. of the things that struck me was, you know, Hamilton had this incredible drive. And uh, I was joking with one of my daughters that uh, it were, I'm going to just start calling it Root, the running out mm-hmm. of time uh, mm-hmm. and that angst and that frustration or, or that fear of, you know, missing your shot of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. not having enough mm-hmm. time to do it. How do we get more present to the moment, both so we can experience the joy, but also so we can actually do the things that will help us for the future. Yeah, you know, I, if you don't mind, I'm going to go a little bit clinical here because I think that that's such a wonderful question, and I think it can be answered with some really basic tenets of cognitive behavioral therapy. When we look at what we can control and what we can't control, we can't control the fact that we have automatic thoughts. We have upwards of 10,000 a day, uh, research tells us. We can't control the fact that we have reactions to those thoughts, right? Our emotions are chemical. They're present with us all the time. What we can control is the way we think about our thinking and the way that we think about the way that we're feeling. Mm. And somebody, and I, I, I like Hamilton. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, a founding father of the country, but <laughs> I, I have always felt like I was running out of time. And yeah. a couple of years ago when I got cancer, I recognized in the split second of time that, that that could all just dissipate, that could go away instantly. And I started to really have to look within myself and recognize that all of these outward expectations I had placed on myself as a perfectionist, all of these things that I was working towards really meant nothing if I wasn't going to make it the next three months. And I was faced with that that solidified uncertainty of life or death, the mortality question that I think is addressed in Hamilton over and over and over again, and, and one of the main themes of the show. And I recognized that 
if I don't learn to place myself in a position where I think about the present moment as the last moment of my life rather than six months later, right. I, I was going to be miserable. I was going to be miserable waiting for this inevitable end to my life. And we have this gift of, you know, it, it's cliche, but the gift of the present. Yeah. We have this gift of the present available to us. And the way that we choose to think about the way that we're thinking, the way that we choose to interpret the way that we're feeling gives us so much more control than we think. We have the absolute control to sit in serenity amidst even questions of mortality, amidst a pandemic, amidst any other life event that seems impossible to kind of circumvent or get through. We have the ability to, to stay at peace with that based on how we interpret the way that we feel and think. And I think that there's, I mean, I could go on and talk about this forever, Boyd. But I think <laughs> I'm actually going to have you. Power. Yeah, I'm actually going to have you. Hold on, because I want to hear more on this. Can you stay with us for the next segment? Sure. Okay, stay with us. We're going to go ahead and step aside for our quick bottom of the hour break. When we come back, more with Jenny Howe. We're going to talk about our mental health check-in, check-up, dealing with anxiety and depression in the midst of a pandemic. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and we're going to continue our conversation with Jenny Howe doing our mental check in and check up. And uh, Jenny, thanks for staying with us an extra segment today. I uh, I just think there's a lot of folks out there who are kind of in this, it's almost this kind of exhale moment of, you know, we, we geared up, we, we pushed hard to get through kind of the first phase of the coronavirus and we dealt with schools and kids and work and all of those things. And, and now I think people are sort of sensing, okay, this is a, this is a longer haul proposition and I'm a little exhausted today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think burnout is a real thing. And, you know, we have a lot of adrenaline pumping in the beginning of all of this. And, and we thought we could do something temporarily. Again, we placed that expectation on it, right? And when that expectation wasn't necessarily met, and now we're still continuing, it's it's been a hard reality check for a lot of us. Um, yeah. So I can certainly relate to that as well. You you keep checking me on this expectations thing. Are you? Because <laughs> I know I and I do. I, I that is a challenge for me. The the running out of yeah, time thing too. is such a big deal for me. As I have to keep yeah. reminding myself, present to the moment. Uh, we have we have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to look forward to if we get at it uh, in the moment, rather than becoming. Uh, either just stressed out or even overwhelmed. Sometimes we look at the future with all the possibilities and we we get overwhelmed. So I I wanted to spend Mm -hmm. a minute now kind of drilling down what are some things we can do to be a little more mindful, a little more present to the moment, even under stress? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's important to know that that 
stress and any negative emotion, any positive emotion is fleeting. So when we give it too much power to control us, that, that's when we run into problems, right? So the first step is really recognizing that although I'm feeling the sense of urgency, I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed right now, that's going to eventually going to go away, probably within the next hour. Um, but when we give power to it, that's when it really kind of enslaves us. And, and a tip that we can do to kind of take that perspective of, of fluidity of emotions is to allow ourselves to kind of think of our brain as if we are looking at it and say, okay, Jenny, I'm living in my emotional brain right now. I just got a text message that is really, really pushing me over the edge. And I feel a sense of urgency. I feel like I've got to respond to this right now. And if you can't tell, this is total personal experience, by the way. <laughs> I totally have to do this all the time. And rather than, you know, just feel like I have to respond to that sense of urgency, urgency is, is something that, that we feel like we have to do something with, and we don't. It, it is fleeting just like any other emotion. I'll often take an action step, and I'll text myself whatever I want to do in response to this message I received. And then I make a promise to myself, if in 60 minutes I still feel that way, I can send that message. I can allow that emotion to take control at that point, but I'm going to give myself some space and time and clarity to look at the emotional brain. And Boyd, every single time, 100% of the time, I have never sent that message 60 <laughs> minutes later. My emotions have simmered. I feel a little less stress, a little less urgent, and I'm able to kind of reconcile what I need to do in a more appropriate way. So when we take that third eye perspective or the perspective of kind of talking to our emotional brain as if it's an entity, mm -hmm. it can be really useful in some of our emotional reaction. Oh, that's so, um, so helpful. So, so helpful. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk, yeah. let's talk for a minute now, uh, because I know there are, are also people out there who mm -hmm. ha have been rattled a little bit in a, in a little different sense. It's more this sure. feeling of, of kind of what's the use. It's like, I had all these yeah. plans, I was doing this. And now, even if I do yeah. this, this isn't going to change. Uh, and that, be, that's a downward spiral. That's very dangerous yeah. uh, because you can get despondent so easy. Talk us through that just for a minute. Absolutely. I think, you know, what I hear you saying is you're talking about motivation. How do we stay motivated when it seems like there's not a purpose or a point, you know? And the, the crazy thing about motivation is we often feel like we have to feel something in order for us to do something. And one of the biggest things I've taught myself and my clients with depression or people that are feeling a lack of motivation or burnout is it's the doing that matters that actually increases the motivation. It's why none of us ever want to go to the gym. But if we go to the gym afterwards on the drive home, we're like, oh, that's awesome. I'm going to go again tomorrow, right? The motivation increases the more that we do something. And so the, the biggest tip I can give for kind of those of us who are struggling with motivation is to do something, create a short attainable goal. And in, in the biggest trick in the world for this is do not have it outcome based. So if you say something like, I'm going to spend 10 minutes exercising today, I want it to be a time-based goal rather than an outcome-based goal, because that's something that, that our brains kind of latch onto, and it makes us feel successful a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I understand that motivation is such an issue right now. It is for me as well. I'm feeling all of those things, too. Um, but I think, you know, motivation is rooted in action, not yeah. emotion. Uh, so, so important. And uh uh, again, we're going to keep this conversation going. And uh, but before I let you sneak off uh, to the rest of your busy day, Jenny, uh, I know you've got a lot of clients to to get to and uh, people to help out there. We always appreciate you helping us here. Uh, we're we're focusing a little today on, uh, the, of course, the way I end the show is see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, do something that makes a difference. Our folks are chiming in on the text line. 
Uh, I'm going to have you pick one of those from over the weekend. Did you see something that inspired? Did did you say something or did someone say something to you that uplifted? And uh, did you do something or did someone do something for you that made a difference? Yes. Um, you know, for me, I, I, <laughs> I, I had a friend come over. I struggle with loneliness. I'm a single mom. I don't often have uh, a, a large friendship circle of people to, to kind of rely on and, and support me. And um, on July 4th, I actually um, had a friend come over for the evening, and we spent some time together connecting, she and I. And um, during that conversation, just feeling like I belonged, feeling like I was um, – important to somebody else was really meaningful for me. And so I think, you know, we never know just how much it means to somebody to have a conversation with them, to to show up and to be a part of their life. So for me, that was the most important thing that happened to me this weekend. Oh, fantastic. I have to share this. This is, this is off of our text line, because <laughs> I know you'll appreciate this. Uh, this yeah. t- the texter said, my friend bought me a burger on Friday. He paid. <laughs> he paid. But what's more... He hates burgers, but he did it for me anyway. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I do, too. And you know I love burgers. I could do it a million times over a day. So Uh, that's awesome. Very good. All right, Jenny Howe, we will let you go. Thank you so much. Great insight, as always. Our great mental health checkup, check-in, and move forward. Uh, Appreciate all you do out there, Jenny. We'll talk to you real soon. I appreciate you, Boyd. Bye-bye. All right, Jenny Howe. Uh, she has such great insight, uh, the work that she does, uh, helping people with anxiety and depression. Uh, she's just so practical in terms of getting to the the doable things that will be helpful. Uh, we know there are a lot of folks out there that are really struggling, and and current circumstances have, have made it even more difficult. Uh, Jenny talked about uh, that being alone, being disconnected uh, is all so hard, and it's just learning some of those simple things that – don't don't make it go away. It doesn't always solve the problems, uh, but in the moment, uh, I think can be most most helpful. So uh, make sure that uh, you pick up the podcast if you missed any of that with Jenny Howe today. Uh, you can do that, of course, uh, at KSL.com or on the KSL News Radio app, uh, powered by Any Hour Services, and you can have those at your fingertips. And uh, some great strategies, some great tactics for you. Uh, in terms of mental health today, coming from Jenny Howe, as always, appreciate that. Uh, we've got some fun things coming in on the text line. Uh, again, we want you to weigh in. What did you see that inspired you over the weekend? Uh, what did you say or what did someone say to you that uh, was uplifting? And did you see anybody out there making a difference over the 4th of July weekend? Weigh in uh, 57500 on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line. And uh, we'll share some of those as we get into our final segment today. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for our final break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to weigh in a little bit more on the Hamilton phenomenon and what it actually means to us today right here on KSL News Radio. Don't go away. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.